Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Monday, April the 10th, 2023 at 10.17 a.m. Central Time. Today's Focus, you probably know it. It's very popular. It's very famous. Today's Focus is, are you ready? Here we go. Listen carefully. Today's Focus is where there is no vision, the people perish But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. You've probably heard a million sermons. You've probably seen it quoted over and over and over. Where there is no vision, the people will perish. Or as the King James says it, where there is no vision, the people perish perish, or that just says what, where the people, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. thought it stated it a little differently, depending on the translation, but that's basically the idea that you hear over and over and over and over. And when I was a younger Christian, and when I definitely was a, just starting off as a pastor, I really, this, I had heard so many sermons on this. I had kind of an idea of what that meant. Hey, where there is no vision, the people will perish. Where there is no vision, the people will perish. And I had all kinds of ideas and, and I may tell you about them here in just a minute. But the reason we're going to talk about Proverbs 29, 18 and this idea that where there is no vision, the people will perish. The reason we're going to talk about it is because this morning I reached over, picked up my iPad, went to my Sermons 2.0 app, tapped uh, on the little tab that says feed, did a refresh and just grabbed one of the random sermons that were in my feed. And lo and behold, I heard this. Are you ready? Here's what I heard. May the Lord give us a vision. The Bible says in in Proverbs 29, verse number 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but there's no perspective, realizing what's at stake, realizing what matters most. Now, stop right there. He just starts immediately with this passage, with Proverbs 29, 18. Listen carefully to how he's using it, right? See how he's using it. I'm going to let it play a little bit, but this becomes a major part basically of the entire sermon, this idea of where there is no vision, where there is no vision. Now, for today's focus, I want you to focus on Proverbs 29, 18, but here is what I really want you to try to figure out. Here's what I want you to dig in. Here's what I want you to be a detective, and I want you to investigate. Are you ready? I want you to investigate what does it actually mean where there is no vision? What is this vision that if the people don't have, they will perish? What is it? Is it that as a pastor, I'm like, okay, I need to give my people a vision or we need a vision of this. Like, like God has got to give us this vision in some way, shape or form. And we have to find it. We have to obtain it. What is this vision? Is it a mystical experience? Well, most, many Christians who quote Proverbs 29, 18, they're not charismatic. They're, they're not looking for some kind of mystical um, vision. 
but they still will be like, God gives us a vision. We have to, we have to see what God's vision is for this or for that. What, what is this vision? Is it the pastor with his team sitting in a, a, a you know, a, 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 a planning room with a whiteboard and they're like, okay, so 2024, what should be the vision? Okay. That, and then you get up there around December and you tell everyone the vision for 2024 is this. And you give the people a vision. And if you don't, the people will perish. The church will perish. What, what is this vision that Proverbs is talking about? So let's listen to this one more time. May the Lord give us a vision. The Bible says in, Saul, in Proverbs 29, verse number 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no perspective, realizing what's at stake, realizing what matters most. Living in the light of eternity, lost souls will die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. The lost do not die and go to hell because it's God's fault. The lost die and go to hell because it's our fault. The Lord Jesus Christ is. Wow. People die and go to hell. It's not God's fault. It's our fault. It's our fault. So if people die and go to hell, it's my fault. Or is it their fault? But it's not God's fault. Oh, we, we, we could have an entire podcast about that. Okay. I don't want to get sidetracked though. I want to, I want you to just keep listening for this vision concept. It almost sounds like that. If we don't have a vision, then people will die and go to hell. It almost seems like he's kind of implying that, but what is this vision? Let's, let's, let's go back and listen. I'm going to back it up again. All right. I'm going to keep just repeating this over and over and over and over. And then I'm just going to keep advancing it little by little by little till you start kind of getting the idea of how he's understanding what this vision is or what is meant by vision in Proverbs 29, 18. I may, I may, I don't know if I'm going to give you the answer. I mean, this is a today's focus broadcast, so I just may present it to you, but we will see. Here we go. May the Lord give us a vision. The Bible says in, Saul, in Proverbs 29, verse number 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no perspective, realizing what's at stake, realizing what matters most. Living in the light of eternity, lost souls will die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. The lost do not die and go to hell because it's God's fault. The lost die and go to hell because it's our fault. The Lord Jesus Christ has done his part. He's died on the cross, and his will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And now we have the privilege of being able to share this love, share this hope, share this grace, share this story of redemption with those around us. We've already emphasized that this week, and we'll be getting more into that tonight. And may our hearts burn for reaching every single human being with the gospel. God would not give us the great commission, calling the individual and commissioning the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature if it was something that could not be humanly accomplished. Now, we can't do it in and of ourselves, but God can do it. And I believe that every single one of us should function and live as if we're the only human being on the planet reaching the entire planet with the gospel. Would you join with me to the book of Acts? This is where we're going to be tonight. And early this morning when God woke me up. Uh... Okay, now again, this is not a charismatic church, 
But so he hasn't really articulated exactly what this vision is. He's made a, a an amazing, astonishing claim that, hey, if people go to hell, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. It's our fault. And it seems to be it's our fault because we haven't brought the gospel to them. So it's our fault. Okay. You, you, we, we could, again, there's so many things we could discuss here. And then, of course, God woke him up in the middle of the night, basically to give him a message. Now, you know how I feel about this, because the minute you preach, the minute you stand behind the pulpit and you tell everyone, God gave me this message, then how can anyone call in to question the message you're about to preach? Because, well, God gave you the message, right? So, um, all right, but let's let's see. I, I just still want this vision concept, this vision concept, all right? Let's, uh, I'm going to go back just a little bit. I'm going to back it up just a little bit. All right, here we go. Humanly accomplished. Now, we can't do it in and of ourselves, but God can do it. And I believe that every single one of us should function and live as if we're the only human being on the planet reaching the entire planet with the gospel. Would you join with me to the book of Acts? This is where we're going to be tonight. And early this morning when God woke me up, um, the Lord brought this passage of Scripture to my attention, Acts chapter number 18. Acts chapter number 18. And as I was studying this text, the Lord gave me some truths and some thoughts this morning that I pray will be an encouragement to you tonight. Okay, now again, we, we, there, I, we, we, we've, we've talked about this so many times, but I... I I don't, I don't know why Christians don't think about this. So you're studying the Bible and God gave you some truths. Now remember, any truth God gives you would be, by definition, an infallible truth. So if you've got Christians all around the world studying the Bible and God is giving us truths, why doesn't he give us the same truth where we could, I don't know, have one church, one denomination, one doctrine, one confession, one creed, one anything? Okay, but I guess God gives us all different truths, which then leads to all kinds of theological problems. Okay, because let me say, well, God's not the author of confusion, so he won't give us all different truths. Then why do we have all kinds of different? Okay, never mind. It just goes into circular, never, never ending, just one big circle, and it will drive you to the point of insanity. But I still want to know, he starts off with, if where there is no vision, the people will perish, right? Okay, so what is this vision? What, how, how do we understand this? As it's blessed my soul and stirred my heart, in Acts chapter number 18, verse number 9 and verse number 10, these thoughts the Lord gave me this morning concerning getting a vision from God. I know. That okay, so God gave him some thoughts about getting a vision from God. All right, we have to get a vision from God. Now, here's the question. If that's what Proverbs 29, 18 is referring to, how does one obtain said vision from God? Number two, how are you sure it's a vision from God and it's not just your own thoughts, your own desires, your own idea? Like, how does one obtain said vision from God? And then once you get said vision, how are you sure it's a vision from God and it's just not your thoughts, your ideas, it's just not something you came up with? How, how do we know? How do we obtain it? And if we don't obtain it, do I perish or do people around me perish? Like if I don't have a vision, do they perish? Or if I don't have a vision, do I perish? And what do, does it mean I perish 
without a vision. Oh, 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 inquiring minds want to know. All right, that's, I'm handing this all to you. See, aren't you so glad you listened to the Today's Focus uh, br- uh, broadcast, right? Because I give you this to, you've got something to think about all day and to really, really, really work on. Remember, as you're working on it, I want your up-to-date, up-to-minute breaking thoughts sent to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. This should keep us busy for, I don't know, the next 15 years. I need you to figure this out. But let's, let's, he still hasn't really explained. Well, we, we know we have, we don't really, I guess this is the way we want to understand it so far. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. This vision is something God gets. It's, it's a, I guess, individual vision. He gives different people a vision and we have to obtain it from God. It doesn't sound like there's just one vision that every individual is responsible to get said vision so that they don't perish. I guess this is like an individual thing. Hey, you must get a vision today or you're going to perish. Or is it for pastors that they have to get a vision so their people don't perish? I, I don't know exactly how it w- works, but let, let, let's see if we get any clarification here. Here we go. The Lord does not speak to us through visions in the sense of how God spoke to Paul. However, we can certainly take this passage and use it by application. And just as Paul received a vision from the Lord and God gave Paul a heavenly perspective of what he desired and designed for Paul to be engaged in. Oh, how wonderfully we can apply that to ourselves tonight. That God desires for us to see a heavenly perspective, to notice things and view things as he sees them. Okay, so now it seems that we, uh, we, we have to get the vision. We have to get it from God. And that what this vision basically amounts to is a heavenly perspective. But it sounds like we obtain this heavenly perspective that God just gives it to you. I don't know. He wakes you up in the middle of the night. I don't know if you're walking down the street. I don't know if you're just sitting in in the living room and then boom, you get a heavenly perspective. So the vision seems to be a heavenly perspective that God gives you. I, I, I don't. Let's see if he articulates it any more. Notice the perspective and the view, the vision, the focus that God gave Paul in Acts chapter number 18, verse number 9, verse number 10. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak. Now, please note, he's taking a passage from Acts. The word vision is used. So he's cross-referenced Proverbs 29, 18 to I think it's Acts 18 because the word vision, just because the word vision is there. But clearly in Paul's case, he's actually receiving a vision from God. But he's saying, okay, we won't receive a vision in that way. Not like he gave to Paul, but by application, then 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 he's basically making this not a descriptive passage, but a prescriptive passage to say that in the same way, God will grant us a vision. He will give us, he will give us a heavenly perspective. Now, exactly how does he give this to us? We we don't know yet. Let's see if he articulates it. And hold not thy peace for I am with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee for I have much people in this city. Father, we come before you tonight. We're so great. Now, please note that that vision Paul gets, he's being given specific information 
He's been given specific. I have much people in this city. So that guy, this would not even, this would be basically Paul was being given a revelation. He was being given information that he did not know apart from God's revelation. So are you saying that God will give you a revelation and that's the vision? And if you don't have that, then you will perish? I, I, I don't know. Let, let's see if he offers any more thoughts. For, for the joy of being able to gather together. Lord, we come with hearts that are hungry. We come, Lord, emptying ourselves of ourselves in desperate need of you. We do not come with a preconceived idea of what this passage is trying to teach, but, Lord, we come completely broken, contrite, humble, desiring for you to feed us and to fill us. And I pray that as you give this measure of truth to us tonight, that it will flow through us and it will affect our lives and this will transform us more into your image. I pray tonight that you would give us a vision. Help us to not lose a vision. All right, so now even in the prayer, he's praying that God will give us a vision. This seems to be something that God, like, he just gives you a vision. So God, give me a vision, and he just gives it to you. He's not real yet articulated exactly how we obtain it, but we need it or we're going to perish. Almost implied that if you don't get it, people are going to die and go to hell. So, like, if I don't get the vision, other people will perish. There, there seems to be a little bit of not articulating it. He doesn't yet yet distinguish, how do I know if it's a vision from God or if it's my own? Uh, he, he hasn't really, there's a lot here that we do not know. Um, he seems to imply that, that this is something God just, I guess, gives every individual must pursue it. We must pursue it. We must pray for it. Right? So, all right. But it's not a vision like Paul got, but it's still a vision that God gives you. When we lose our vision and that heavenly perspective and that view as you would have us to live with that eternal focus, people will perish. Lost souls will die and go to hell. We will perish. We will fizzle out. We'll never reach our full potential of what you've designed us for, that purpose of our life. All right, so that seems to imply that if there is no vision. People are going to die and go to hell, and then we will perish. In other words, we'll just fizzle out. So I, I guess for, I guess he's not, he's, I don't think he's saying that we will die and go to hell. If we're a Christian, we will just fizzle out and not reach the potential that God desired. Like God's like, man, I, I had this, I had this, you, there's, this is the potential that I had basically set aside for you to reach and you fizzled out because you didn't have a vision. So if you don't have a vision, you'll fizzle out and other people will go, go to hell. So, so we got to get this vision. You don't want to fizzle out and you don't want other people to go to hell. But we have to get it from God. All right. Let's, let's see if we get any more information. Oh, God, I pray that you would take a hold of these truths, implement them deep within our hearts, and I pray that it would bring forth fruit in the days, weeks, even years to come as we seek to govern and guide ourselves with the truths that you gave Paul May they be applied to us tonight. Now, Holy Spirit of God, we need your power. We look to thee. We depend entirely upon thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I believe tonight that a Christian or a church is on its deathbed when its memories of the past are greater than its vision for the future. 
God. All right, so now this ta- seems to be like this vision has to be a vision about something in something about what you're going to do or what you should be doing, almost like having a goal. All right, okay. I don't know if this still really articulates exactly what this vision supposedly is. God does not desire his people to constantly look in the rearview mirror. Rather, we can glean from the past and we can grow from the mistakes in the past. We can look to the past and see just as God did a work then, God can most capably do a work now, today. And if God could work in yesteryear, may we desire, as we've already preached this week, the rent heavens and the outpouring of glory. But the Bible teaches us very clearly that we are to forget those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 talks about this. How the testimony was given as we preached last night. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. A vision, a pursuit, a desire to go forward for God, a heart that does not want to become stagnant, a life that will not lose momentum, a life that's not going to become monotonous and the rut of things, if you will, but a life that is constantly seeking to reach forth and run forth, a heart, as we sang tonight, that is resolved to go completely and fully forward for the cause of Jesus Christ. Lord, give me a vision. Help me to see as you would have me to see. Help me to gain a heavenly perspective on things, as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 18, that we are to not look at the things which are seen, but rather to look for the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Oh God, would you give us a view of what matters most? God, help me to understand what you would have me to do as we see. All right, now, okay. So this vision just keeps like, he he still hasn't articulated. We God, give me this vision. Give me this vision. Because if I get this vision, then man, I mean, I mean, it sounds like then, give me this vision so that we'll have a life that's not monotonous and we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll have a passion. And like, basically, if we get the vision, it sounds like we're going to be basically two seconds away from heaven. It sounds like everything's going to be great, but we've got to get the vision. Give me this vision. Give me this vision. Give me this vision. Give me this vision. Now, even though this is clearly not a charismatic church, clearly it's not charismatic because, because he's like, it's not this mystical experience, but God is still giving, giving this to me. I'm going to put forth a hypothesis. I'm going to put forth a theory today, and I want you to think about it. Is it possible that clearly, obviously, Hebrews would tell us this, that in time past, God spoke to people in all kinds of different ways, which would include actual visions? But the things change with the coming of Christ and then ultimately the inspired, perfect word of God right here, a Bible. So is it possible that the vision he's seeking, the vision that he's, we have to get, is it possible we've already received it? Is it possible that the word for vision in Proverbs 29, 18 can refer to revelation and we have God's completed revelation right here in my hands? That where there is no revelation, the people will perish 
And that revelation is the infallible, inerrant, inspired word of God. I don't have to go pray for it, try to get it, try to figure it out, try to go, is that God or is that me? It's right. It's right here. It's right here. That's that's the perspective I want to put forth today. Now, I, I know charismatics will be like, absolutely not. It's it's something more. It's a, it's a vision. You got to hear from God. I, I, I Look, I know that they would, but I reject charismatic, you know, doctrine outright and, and completely. So, so I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and fight against this. This is someone who would be, who would argue that, no, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. But he's already had God waking him up in the middle of the night. He's got God giving him specific truths. This is all extra biblical. And then what? We've got to get the, God, give us a vision. We need this. We got to get this vision. It's something we have to get. It's not something that we've already received. Now, if you'll do just a little bit of work, if you take the Blue Letter Bible app and you look up the interlinear, the Hebrew word for vision in Proverbs 20 and 29, 18, hang on. I apologize. I've got, uh, here we go. I'm going to dismiss that. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's this Hebrew word. Strong's H2377. Chazon. 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 It's used 35 times. 35 times it's translated vision. All right. So it's always translated vision. Uh, it, it means if you look at Chazon, it's a sight mentally. It can be a dream, but wait for this. Revelation. It could be a revelation, right? Um, that that's very important. Now it can mean vision, vision, and a, a, a sta- uh, like you know, basically a mystical, ecstatic kind of uh, state. Vision and night, vision, oracle, prophecy, divine communication, vision as a title of book of prophecy. Um, and then if you look at Brown uh, Brown Driver Briggs lexicon. Some of these basic concepts here seems to show up. Basic concepts seem to show up. If you go through all the different places it's used, well, it's going to be basically used in the Old Testament, and it's going to basically refer to over and over and over this idea of a vision, like God giving you a vision, like kind of some kind of a static, uh, you know, experience some kind of mystical kind of thing, some supernatural thing. Well, we know we don't, we don't go with that concept unless we're going to maintain a, a charismatic view. And if we maintain a charismatic view, then we cannot say we believe in sola scriptura. The minute I say, okay, God has completed his revelation. It's here. The perfect has come. It is the perfect inspired inerrant word. Then I don't have to seek a vision. I just need to read the vision. I don't need to pursue the vision. I just need to study the vision. I don't need to go look for it. I need to read it. I need to open it. I need to memorize it because it's right here. And apart from the vision of God's word, the revelation of God's word, the people will perish because salvation comes through the preaching and the preaching of God's word. Proverbs 2019, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, if you see the contrast here, the vision here to me is connected to God's law, that which God has specifically revealed to the people. I think that this is a reference to the word of God. 
ultimately, I'm not saying in that his, in the Old Testament situation, look at, if you look at all of the places where that, uh, Hebrew word is used, I mean, over and over, it's going to be obviously re- referencing to visions and those kinds of concepts because God spoke in different ways in different, in times past. We know that. But at some point, we have to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we're going to say scripture is the final authority, you can't have all of this communication happening apart from scripture, outside of scripture, and yet maintain the authority of scripture. Because he started his sermon by saying God woke woke him up in the middle of the night, and then God gave him truths. No, he didn't say, I woke up in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep and I went and studied my Bible. And after about 45 minutes, here are some truths I discovered in my study. So I don't know why pastors can't just say that. I just woke up. I say it all the time. I woke up in the middle of the night or in the middle of the night, I was listening to this or to this and to this, or I had this thought or this thought. I don't try to go so spiritual. God woke me up in the middle of the night and he gave me these truths. Now, the minute I say he gave me these truths, how can you then question the truths, which I supposedly received because they came from God that, that, that takes it outside of scripture. And why wouldn't God just wake us all up in the middle of the night and tell us all what to believe about, I don't know, everything that we disagree on? I think here that this is the way it works. We study God's word and we try to obtain the truth that is found within it. This is the vision. This is the vision. And without it, the people will perish. That's my hypothesis. That's my thesis. That's my theory. You can 1,000% disagree with me. That's okay. I just would argue if you're going to say, no, 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 it's something beyond that, then one, how do we obtain it? And how do we know it's from God and not from us? And why is it that you may be giving a vision that's completely different than the vision it gave, God gave the, the person next to you. You could have four people in the same church and God gave them all different visions on how the church should work or how it, like that just seems spiritual anarchy. I mean, we have enough spiritual anarchy with scripture alone. <laughs> Imagine scripture alone plus, hey, so what vision did God give you? Or do we say that you can have one vision, I can have a different vision and it could be completely different visions that really in some ways don't contradict one another, but that's okay. Do, do we have a, a a vision relativism go operating? But if we have one vision right here, I'm holding it in my hands. You can't see. I don't know. I'm holding it up like you can somehow see it. A Bible. And we give everyone that without this, the people will perish. And so we need to read it. We need to study it. I think it's a reference ultimately to God's word. What do you think? You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Please look up that sermon. It's on the Sermons 2.0 app. It's called Having a Heavenly Perspective. Having a Heavenly Perspective. I think the first name of the pastor is Caleb. Having a Heavenly Perspective. You should be able to find it easily. Easy. We only reviewed, what is that? I don't know. Um, just a few minutes of it. We just, just a few minutes of it. And you can go listen to the rest of it. You may agree with his perspective and that's perfectly okay. I, you, you, you can, maybe he, maybe he cleans up his perspective a little further into the sermon. I, I, I just, I, I just heard the very beginning of it and said, I'm going to do a today's focus this morning about 
Proverbs 29, 18, based off this sermon, because he at least brings it up. And then you can, so today for, for your focus, you can go listen to that sermon, listen to the whole thing. You may go, oh, you need to go review the last five minutes of it, or you need to, re- you, because in the middle, he cleans it up completely. I'm not making any assumptions about what he believes in regards to the vision, other than what we've heard him say, right? So what he's heard him say is we have to have this vision. If we don't, it sounds like other people will go to hell. We'll fizzle out. But if we get the vision, sounds like our Christian life is going to be basically heavenly. Um, and, but we have to, uh, we have to pray for it. We have to, I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't really told us exactly how we get it. And I'm sitting there thinking, you just, you, you have it. It, it. It's right here. Now, I do believe if I study God's word, I will be given a heavenly perspective. I believe a heavenly perspective does not come from some vision that God gives me. It comes from the reading and studying of God's word. I don't know. Do you disagree? Let me know. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Thank you very much for listening. I wanted to do it. This is supposed to be 15 minutes long. Of course, it's gone 33 minutes, but I wanted to hand this to you. I do apologize again for the the intros are still being a little rough. Um, Here's the, uh, just so that you know, probably when this started, I don't know which app you were listening to, probably the, the, the intro music was a lot lower than normal. And here's what I'm having a hard time figuring it out. When, um, whenever I'm playing audio, it's coming through the speakers here on my MacBook Pro. The speakers on the MacBook Pro are about a 50 million times better than the speakers are on the little broken down laptop we had been using. So on the other on the other laptop, I'm always like, oh, this is not loud enough. I've got the volume cranked and I can barely hear this. I can hear I, I I can't turn the volume all the way up because it's so loud. So I'm like, oh man, I'm blowing everyone. So I can't get an accurate like on the on the on the old laptop, I thought I had a, I, I pretty much had a good perspective of if I had the volume all the way up to a hundred, right? Uh, and listening to it on the the Dell laptop, I knew that it probably wasn't even loud enough for you. Now it's so loud. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I probably should have that at like 50%. So I'm going to play our outro. I know I, I wasn't able to do my outro like in a more dramatic way. But I'm going to crank the volume all the way up. Okay? All the way up. And now, now here, listening to it on the speakers, I'm going to be like, whoa, that is too loud. You can tell me, oh, no, 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 no. It's not near that loud coming across on our side. It's just what you're hearing. So you can let me know. I don't want to take away from where there is no vision, the people perish, because I really want you to focus on that. However, where there is no knowledge of where the volume controls should be, people suffer hearing loss, okay? Or they can't hear anything. So um, there we go. So are you ready? I'm getting ready to play this. So I just, just be prepared. It could be getting ready. I don't know. It could be loud or you could be like, about time you turned up the volume. Because when I went live, I realized I had it at about 50%, but it was still too loud for me. But now it's, (laughs) now I don't know. Now it's going to be way too loud on the Mac, but here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? 
Here we go. This is our outro. You can tell me if it's too loud or not. I apologize for having to keep addressing some of these sound issues, but a new computer, everything requires a new setting. And it takes literally, you you can't imagine how much time I've spent just trying to get the volume controls right. It's just crazy. All right, but here we go. Thank you for listening. N- email me today. News, if at yahoo.com. What do you think about Proverbs 29, 18? If you listen to the sermon, uh, tell me what you think. All right, here we go. We're going to turn on the intro in five, four, three, two, and one.